Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Ultimate Insider, Bear Insider's podcast all about Cal football. I'm Mike Pulaski, former California Golden Bear quarterback, Cal Hall of Famer, and 11-year pro. And this week, the Bears get a much-needed win against Colorado. So that feels good just to say that. Being a part of this season and watching all the close losses as an analyst, as a former player, has been pretty difficult to take because the Bears were so close in so many of those games. Just a play away here, a field goal away there, something small, special teams, you know, in other games, a last second play versus Oregon. So many times the Bears had a chance this season and they weren't able to make that play when the time came. This game versus Colorado this week, the Bears handled it in a pretty dominating fashion early on in the game. The first five drives of the game, the Bears put points on the board. Now, you would like to see more production in the red zone. You want to see them get into the red zone for one, then you want to see them convert with touchdowns, right? I, I say it all the time on the air during our radio broadcasts that you cannot trade three for seven as a consistent theme and win football games. But the Bears' offense was efficient enough early on, and Chase Garbers played a very efficient game at quarterback, getting almost 100 yards rushing, and I think 225 yards passing at a 75% clip. So Chase had a very efficient game. Bears were able to run the football uh, very well, and the offense was efficient early. The huge piece of this game was how well the defense played. Now, granted, Colorado is not as talented a team, as, say, a Washington or an Oregon State next week's opponent. Uh, and we're going to talk to Coach about Oregon State coming up with a little preview. But they're still a Pac-12 team, which means they have top-level recruits coming in. You know, some of the top guys coming out of high school end up going to Pac-12 schools or Power 5 schools. So they've got enough talent that they should be better than they were in this game. And a huge part of that is what Cal's defense was able to do to them. And it shows you the talent level that Cal has on defense as well. We've talked during the year about the young linebackers for Cal. Well, they did a fantastic job against the run game this past week. And so anytime you can do that, you get 12 tackles for loss. You get six sacks. You shut down the running game, essentially. You you have had a great defensive game. And I think the Bears had a great defensive game. We saw some new names out there. Not new names. We're starting to hear them more. Marquez Bimage, transfer from Texas. Uh, listed as an outside linebacker, but got his hand down and, and put some pass rush on as well this week. Did a fantastic job up front. Coach Wilcox constantly talks about winning the one-on-one matchups, and this week the Bears were able to win those one-on-one matchups, and that's a huge difference maker in a game because when you can win one-on-ones, you're going to get them on every single play. And when you win those one-on-ones, what it does is it, is it gives you the opportunity to call less. You don't have to manufacture pressures. You don't have to manufacture coverage you win the one-on-ones and now they they have to win somewhere else and those teams have to be able to figure out where where those one-on-ones are going to be so a huge part of it winning those one-on-ones guys stepping up making big plays cam good as always i mean this is like a broken record cam good as always was fantastic in this game but getting the brush on the other side is a huge piece to becoming more balanced on defense and being able to execute on defensive plays called so uh, in just a second here, we're going to talk to Coach. Just kind of one final thought on Colorado is that the Bears have needed this win. You've heard me talk with Coach about confidence all the time. And 
getting that win kind of gets the monkey off your back. It, it allows you to breathe. You can bring a smile to practice. It renews that effort that you bring in practice. Although this team has practiced very well all season long in spite of the record. But it, it kind of renews your energy in practice. They say that winning is the best deodorant. And so you can kind of wipe away some of those past losses in terms of your mentality, having that positive mental attitude as you come to practice and kind of renew your efforts. The Bears at this point of the season still have the opportunity to become bowl eligible to earn a postseason shot somewhere, but it's going to start with a big game next week versus Oregon State. And so with all of that said, uh, I had the opportunity to talk to Coach earlier to discuss that Colorado game and to look at the upcoming game against Oregon State, and it's going to be a big one. Well, join me now in a good week this week, Coach, and a win over Colorado, head coach Justin Wilcox. And, Coach, I'll, I'll throw it open to you today. Um, tell me what went well for you guys in the game versus Colorado. Well, I think each phase had some really strong moments. Um, start with the special teams. I mean, the, the field goal unit I thought was really good. Best maybe day since we've been here. Uh, the kicker, the operation. Uh, I thought that was that was big. I mean, it was a big part of the game. I mean, we had four of them, you know, and and so uh, getting those points, those were crucial. Uh, offensively, I thought we had good balance. You know, we ran it uh, fairly successfully, especially at the quarterback position. You know, almost a hundred yards for Chase, um, and then uh, threw the ball. And I think we can still be better in terms of not getting behind the, the sticks. We put ourselves in. I think we talked about this after the game, some first and 20s, a number of uh, few times, which is too many. And those are hard to come back from. So those led to stalled drives. Um, we did hold the ball for nearly 39 minutes. Um, and so, which is great. Uh, the one area I think we really can make big improvement is, is score. we got to score touchdowns in the red zone. You know, we got to get some uh, scores. And it was great to have those field goals, but we need a touchdown. A uh, number of guys touched the ball on offense, running back, receivers, tight ends. A lot of guys were involved, which is good. And then defensively, uh, probably our best – not probably is our best game. Uh, I thought the guys – the line of scrimmage was the key. Uh, you know, really not letting them get anything too much going in the run game. And uh, then getting after the quarterback in the pass game. I think the couple plays that hurt us – where the quarterback scrambles, you know, early one for a first down and then another one for a scramble to throw for a first down on the sideline. But other than that, I thought the guys did a really good job uh, defensively getting off the field, getting close in coverage, making some contested, making those contested throws and uh, really played uh, a good football game defensively. And some people look at it and say, oh, it's Colorado. But anytime you play a Pac-12 opponent, you have good athletes out there on the field. You have good scheme out there on the field. Yeah. I mean, talk about that kind of aspect of it. A, it's great to get that first Pac-12 win, but then, you know, anytime yeah. you play a Pac-12 team, they're a good team. Yeah, and defensively, you know, Colorado had played everybody pretty dang good. I mean, they – I think they went 10-7 with a and um, They held some really good offenses to not many yards, and so uh, – we did a good job moving it, and now it's, again, about scoring in the red zone uh, and scoring and getting a couple more explosive plays. And then offensively, you know, they have some young – quarterbacks young. Uh, they got some young players, and so uh, we wanted to kind of try to put the pressure on him in terms of turning it into a drop-back pass game if we could. But 
again, that's easier said than done. They got good coaches and good schemes. So, uh, again, the execution part of it is everything. And ultimately, that's what it was. We executed better on defense and were able to get them in third and longers. And then we're able to get after the quarterback fit. And talk about you talk about putting pressure on the young quarterback. 12 tackles for loss and six sacks. That's a huge day. Yeah. And a number of different guys. You know, you had, you know, Bimage showed up. Uh, we had safeties. You know, we brought Elijah Hicks on a couple pressures and he had tackles for losses and quarterback sacks. Uh, Oren Patu got involved. Uh, we actually left a couple out there. You know, we had probably two more that we would consider uh, plays that we need to make. Um, but again, that, that goes back to, you know, especially pass defense. Everybody thinks, well, it's the DBs. Like pass defense is an 11 man deal. And so uh, we were able to get some pressure with four guys and all of a sudden, you know, the coverage gets better. I mean, that's magic how that happens. Right. And so uh, I think everybody had a, uh, a part in that uh, coverage and rushers. And so it was good to see. Yeah, and it, and it is, that's a huge piece of it, right? When a quarterback is under pressure, has to make quick decisions. It makes it way tougher for him to complete passes downfield. You, you mentioned a couple of guys. We talked about Marcus Bimage a little bit before. He's really starting to come into his own. Talk about him as a player. Yeah, Mar Marquez has done a good job for us, and uh, he was noticeable in the game. He, uh, you know, we felt like going in, if we could get into some of those one-on-ones, that we, we needed to win some of those up front. You know, if they're going to block him one-on-one -on -one or interior guy one-on-one, -on -one, we have to win our fair share of those. Again, that's how you win games. It's, it's the one-on-one -on -one wins. Uh, it, you know, throughout that play that usually dictates whether you win the play or not and then ultimately the game. But Bimage, um, he's a hard guy to block. You know, the, you know whether the tight ends are blocking him in the run game uh, or tackles in the pass game, he's just a disruptive guy. He's very powerful. Um, he's got some twitch. And, uh, and so he's been noticeable. Like he knocks people backwards and he's a tough guy to block. Uh, so we got to continue to get those wins. Uh, moving forward because that's the key to playing good defense and you can count on cam good it play in play out you know every week he, he shows up but having another side to that in bimage really helps out this defense doesn't it yeah you got it uh just in terms of protections especially if you're gonna you know if you're gonna just rush four guys and play some coverage you know which way do they want to turn it uh and if you're gonna turn it then the other tackles one-on-one -on -one, or they got to keep a back end or a tight end in and when you start having to keep a tight end or a back end now your coverage gets better because there's one less guy to drain a zone defender or a man defender. So now you have one more guy defending the pass because they got to commit to more guys and pass protection. So again, it all works together, but having two guys to affect the quarterback is big. And so if, if you can do that consistently, you're going to play good pass defense. The, the hard part is, is, you know, doing it with consistency and getting those wins uh, down in and down out. And that's the big piece. Once you figure out which way they're turning protection, now you bring that secondary pressure as well. Elijah Hicks had a great game this game, had his first sack. We asked him after the game. He was telling us that we could watch him catch passes in high school on his huddle. I asked him if we could see him rushing the passer in high school on his huddle. He said, no, none of that. But he did a great job in this game. He did. Uh, Elijah had a great game. And I was telling somebody the other day, it's not surprising. If you watch, if you're around Elijah on a day-to-day -day basis, you see how he approaches his life, whether it's, uh, meetings, practice, workouts, the individual drills. He, he does the drills like it's his first day at practice, you know, like he's trying to earn a spot. Now he's played over, I think, 2,500 reps here in games. And so he's as solidified a starter as we have on our team. 
but the way he approaches his football life is really impressive. So when he has a game like that, it's not overly surprising. I'm really happy for him because he deserves the good things that are coming to him, but it all starts with Monday meetings, practice workouts. And, and uh, he is a great example for the rest of the guys, young guys on our team of how to do it. And that is, I mean, that point can't be made enough that the younger guys and the players, maybe not even younger guys, but guys who are starting to get some playing time, guys have to see the leaders actually doing the work, not just talking about it, but doing the work. How much does that add to a team in terms of chemistry yeah, and culture? There's no substitute for that because every coach talks about it. We talk about it. And I guarantee you every coach in the country talks about preparation and how important it is to, you know, do the little things right and meetings and getting your workouts and sleep and all these things. But when you have a team leader, captain, uh, a guy that's done it for that long, who's had the success, I mean, that's the proof, the proof's in the pudding there. And uh, I think that is even more powerful than the coaches talking about it, you know, because again, like I said, we're going to, we're going to emphasize it, but when the players do it and it's, that's the expectation of how to operate, then that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. You pick up that guy next to you. That's after the end of like week two in camp, coaches start to sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. And so now the players need to kind of take it to that next level. So offensively really good in the first half. You mentioned it, Chase, fantastic job on the ground. In the second half, Drives were stalling out a little more. What was Colorado doing? What was the difference? Uh, to be honest, Mike, there wasn't a lot of a difference schematically. Uh, we, we had some penalties that hurt us. We got behind the sticks a little more than we had in the first half, and then uh, those ended up in punts. So if you look at the first half of the game, I think it was five possessions and five scores, you know, uh, two, uh, two touchdowns and, th- and three field goals. And in the second half, um, we just – we didn't convert. We, we didn't stay ahead of the chains as well. We had some missed opportunities. We had some plays we felt like we could have made and didn't uh, for one reason or another. And then we did get a field goal uh, late on, a I think, a 10-play drive. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, we talked after the game that the 10-yard variety penalties are difficult to overcome. Uh, and so the only way you're going to do that is make some explosive plays or – or get the ball down the field. We didn't quite do that in the second half. And and Colorado played, you know, like we talked about, they played a lot of man. They ended up going to a lot of zone as well, trying to stop the running game, kind of trying to figure it out because they got beat twice in man with tight ends on linebackers. Yep. Uh, really good uh, early in the game. The, the first touchdown to Kalecki, there was a kind of a check with me situation and uh, all around nice job. Protection by the O-line. The back, Chris Street came off and, and chipped the guy on the edge, the blitzer. Uh, to give Chase just enough time to find the one-on-one matchup and, you know, probably one of the better throws and, and uh, executed plays because Kalecki beats the guy at the line of scrimmage, the outside, the linebacker who's covered him, runs a really nice corner route, and Chase has to throw it uh, with anticipation before he's out of the break. And so Chase throws it, puts some air on it, Kalecki finds it mid-flight, and a really well-executed play by the offense to get the touchdown there. Yeah, and I coach quarterbacks all the time. Being able to throw that ball with air on it and with trust to a guy is such a big deal, and finding that one-on-one matchup is huge. You've got some great young tight ends. Obviously, Kalecki Latu gets his first catch for a touchdown as a Bear, and then you have Jermaine Terry come out and get his first catch as well. Yeah, Jermaine got in there, and uh, Chase made a good throw on the over route. Uh, and Jermaine 
has worked extremely hard. We think he's going to do some good things for us. He's still got a lot to learn and getting better, but it was nice to see him make that play. Uh, you know, Gavin, we hit Gavin on the out and up. Great design. Um, you know, we were in big personnel and broke the formation. Or excuse me, no, we brought him in motion. They were in three deep, and Gavin ran a really good route. Chase uh, threw the out and up to him. We drained the corner out with a post and, and uh, you know, catch touchdown there with, with Gavin. So a number of tight ends making plays. Uh, you know, and even Colin had a big one down the field, unfortunately yeah. got called for a, you know, a slight uh, push off there, but, you know, guys made some really good plays throughout the day at that position. Yeah. I said it on the air. Anytime they see that full hand extended, those yeah. officials are going to call it if they have their eyes on it. And yeah. it was a fantastic catch, but you got to give them a chicken wing, not the full Heisman. Yeah, no doubt. Is it, is it mean that you guys were picking on that same linebacker twice for the touchdowns? Uh, well, I think what happened, you know, it's just kind of the, the structure of their defense. I don't know <laughs> if it was necessarily we're going at that guy. It, it's where the coverage took the throw both times. Yeah. And I think he just happened to be there. But again, you know, the, the, the first one, Kalecki and Chase, that's a, uh, you know, he's not in bad position. It was a really good, that was an exit. Yeah. Uh, that's a win. You know, that's a uh, earned play by our offense. You know, it's not like they busted. It was just a really good protection throw and catch. And so everybody involved. So obviously, just like in a loss, you can't get so down that you lose focus. A win, it, it alleviates some of that pressure, builds some confidence. But at the same time, you got to get right back into that work mode. How do you handle that coming into this week as you're going in, uh, as going up against a really good Oregon State team? Yeah, really, you know, guys were uh, you know, upbeat after the game, which we uh, expect them to be and want them to enjoy. Uh, but the mentality yesterday really wasn't a whole lot different you know, in terms of maybe a couple more guys smiling, to be honest with you, but in terms of practice, the energy, the, uh, the competitiveness, the meetings, it's, it's been the same each week and, uh, we'll get We're going to need to be, uh, better again this week. Uh, so we know Oregon state's a very, very good team and, uh, we'll need to play better and better, uh, in order to give ourselves a chance to win. No doubt about it. Let's talk a little bit about the beeves because that's a pretty good football team. We'll start on, on Cal's defensive side of the ball, Oregon state's offense couple of really good running backs up there at Oregon State in yeah. B.J. Baylor and uh, Lowe. I mean, both really good guys. Yeah. Uh, Baylor, Baylor kind of just picks up that running back mantle for Oregon State where he's that straight ahead, gives you a cut, big back, can be physical. Talk about the challenge that he gives you as a running back. Uh, I think they're – looking at their entire team, I think it all starts right there. You know, offensive line, tight ends, run, run game – running back. I mean, the running back is an exceptional player. I mean, he's uh, almost 120 a game, one of the tops in the country. Uh, the O-line is really good. The tight ends are good. Uh, they, uh, it all starts with that run game because now they play action people. The tight ends are involved. They got speed at receiver. Uh, they have another back, you know, Fenwick comes in, uh, Lowe comes in, the quarterback runs it. They just that run play action game is very, very strong. They're physical up front and, uh, you know, I, they're leading the, co the conference in offense and scoring and running and third down conversions, I think. And so they're, they're playing really, really well. Yeah. And, and you, you mentioned the offensive line, obviously Cal fans know Jim Mahalchek. He was at Cal for a long, long time. You've coached with him before. Mm -hmm. um, talk about how well they're playing because Boy, they get off the ball. They move people. They run that wide zone and the counter. I mean, they're really good at moving people. Yeah. Uh, Personnel-wise, I mean, they got 
all the starters are back from last year. Three of those guys are all conference players. You know, this left tackle, the center, I think we're maybe first team all conference linemen. Uh, the guards are very good. They're big and physical. Uh, outside zone, inside zone, run some gap schemes, some read plays, some Z arounds. Uh, and so they really don't let you get a, it's not just inside zone bubble. You know, they do multiple things. Uh, and with the tight ends, they create different gaps and different formations. So they do, they do a really good job there. And they're, they're big, big physical guys up front and they move, you said it, they move people off the ball really well. And then their quarterback, Chance Nolan, was not the starter at the beginning of the season, but he's a guy that when you can run the football like Oregon runs the foot, or excuse me, Oregon State runs the football, and you're effective like that, it presents some opportunities for him to make plays, as you said, with tight ends. He's got fast receivers, if not huge receivers, but super fast, quick, you know, getting in and out of their breaks. Talk about how he benefits from that run game. Uh, as you know, Mike, I mean, I guess you let, unless you play in the run and shoot, best thing for the quarterbacks is strong running game. And he has done a really good job. I think he's thrown it for about 65% a clip, uh, 11 touchdowns. He can get it down the field. Um, he throws the posts. He wrote, throws the deep overs. He'll throw the field out. Um, and as you mentioned, those receivers can go. And they use them, obviously, in the, in the past game. They also have the fly sweep element that they've always had there. And, uh, you know, Chance Nolan – uh, has made some big plays throwing it. And then he's made big plays on zone read keeps or quarterback scrambles. So he is a kind of a, he's a gamer, a competitor, and it shows up on tape. And when you watch this offense, it reminds me a lot of the Mike Riley type of offense with a flavor of Chris Peterson, right? You, you get, you know, Jonathan Smith in there running a lot of what coach Pete ran and then, you have the Mike Riley mentality, run the football, get the fly sweep, get yep. your eyes in the wrong place all the time. Yeah, I think that's a great way of looking at it. And you see all that on tape. You also see the deceptives. I mean, you're going to – we'll see a double pass or a, a round pass or a, you know, half a tight end double, whatever it is. They'll have something. And it is probably not one that we've seen this year. You know, it'll be something else uh, most likely. But they have all those elements. Uh so they make it hard on your defense. As you mentioned, you got to get really disciplined with your eyes. You have to tackle well because they got uh, good athletes doing these things. And uh, they'll also pound the run game or play action and, and throw it over your head if you're not careful. So, again, really good offense all the way around and different elements of, as you mentioned, of uh, kind of that uh, fly sweep and Coach Riley with the run game and, and some of the zone stuff with uh, Coach Pete and those deceptives. Yeah, and, and just quickly to touch on their defense, uh, one of the best linebackers in the conference, without a doubt, Avery Roberts, a really good football player, and they're a little more aggressive on defense, trying to find a way to create those turnover situations, trying to put you behind the chains. Yeah, I think uh, those two linebackers are really good. Avery Roberts is a very, very productive player. Um, they have taken the ball away. They got, they got some playmakers in the back end. I know Tim uh, well. we work together at Wisconsin. So you, there's some similarities in styles of defense, kind of what we do and they do. And, um, you know, they have uh, got some playmaking guys in there. And uh, like I said, they're going to be aggressive and they're not going to sit and play over quarters every snap. I mean, you can't just dial them up. I mean, they're going to make you hunt it and uh, be aggressive and kind of uh, 
take their chances on defense to get some negative plays and take the ball away. So they've done a really good job there, and it pairs well with what they're doing on offense. Well, Coach, appreciate you coming on. Congratulations on the, on the big win. Hopefully that we talk about confidence every week. Hopefully it gives that little bit of confidence that gets those five to eight plays that we also talk about on a weekly basis. Absolutely. We're uh, looking forward to having a great week of practice and ready for the challenge against Oregon State this Saturday. So the Bears this week have a huge test on their hand. Oregon State has, I mentioned Avery Roberts, but Omar Spates is also a fun, fantastic linebacker for that Oregon State team. They do a good job up front. What they do is they move people around. They will give you slants and twists and a lot of those simulated pressures and try to lock you down. They're trying to put you behind schedule on the chains. What that means is get you into second and long and third and long. So now it forces you into passing situations. So now they can create havoc by bringing pressures, giving you different looks uh, and get you in trouble in terms of play calling on the offensive side of the ball. Huge piece of that Oregon State offense is being able to run the football. When you have running backs like Oregon State does, and they're three deep at running back, they're all very good. And you have an offensive line coached by a really good offensive line coach in Jim Mahalchek. You know that you have the ability to control a football game with that rushing game. Last week versus Utah, Oregon State got down 14 to nothing. And because they've had the success, because they have that confidence, they were able to battle their way back in, both through the running game, their quarterback Chance Nolan made some key plays in that game, but also through special teams. They blocked a huge punt, and then they actually blocked a second one that was, uh, it was a penalty, so they called back the punt block because Oregon State had two players with the same number on, uh, on the field at the same time, which is an unsportsmanlike, unfortunately. Um, because they had an injury. So it, a, it is a good team. They are extremely well coached. They are disciplined in offense, defense, and special teams. The place where you have to attack them is on that defensive side of the ball. When they're going to take chances, you have to make them pay for those chances. Figure out a way to what the coaches call crease them. You find a crease, get a big run, move the sticks, get that first down, and try to keep them out of that gambling style of defense. Because if a team like this can get rolling on offense where they're running the ball, completing the passes that they have to complete, and then they can get some big plays on defense, it starts to go downhill fast. They scored 40 points on several occasions this year. They were able to run for over 300 yards against Washington State, and the Bears weren't able to get the running game going at all. And so it tells you what a good offense they are. But all that said, it's a great week to celebrate. The Bears had a Big win, a much-needed win versus Colorado. I'm sure they are feeling better about themselves. I know Cal fans are feeling better. I get uh, tweets and texts and emails from Cal fans all the time, and I appreciate that. And so I think getting some confidence, gaining some momentum, getting back to that positive mental attitude, not waiting for the other shooter drop is a huge piece for this Cal team this win. I appreciate you guys coming out here, watching or listening to this podcast. Once again, for Bear Insider and the Ultimate Insider Podcast, I am Mike Pulaski. Go Bears.